0: Hear he, hear he. It's the Wrestling Mac Podcast. Subscribe, leave a rating, a review. We're killing the game. But we're going back, 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 back. 1993. Not the Sandlot. But from Yoko to Hogan to Kurt to Brett, you ain't seen nothing yet. Night, guys, King of the Ring 93. Old school, old school, but it's not just the Maddie Daddy. I have one of my best friends, one of my colleagues <laughs> to hit on. Strippers at the Beach, Long Island Ice D. What's up, my man?
1: <laughs> Yo, Maddie Daddy, always a pleasure, man. Um, and I wasn't hitting grounders, I was uh, thinking,
0: and the strippers tics. weren't girls. They were dudes. Easy Pat Patterson.
1: Yeah, I I, I would hit up like the daytime strippers. Like, I went for like the lunch buffet type strippers. Right. But then when it came, I was taking big daddy hacks at baseball, so.
0: Gotta, you either sniff it or you whip it. I don't know what he's doing, <laughs> but he's probably doing both. <laughs> Community college, baby.
1: Everybody's doing everything. Where's Michael Scott? Oh, sn- probably sniffing some dude's thong. <laughs> Thongs and dongs, baby. The the Packer, the Pac-Man.
0: Oh, Todd Packer. Shout out to the
1: office. Yeah, Yeah.
0: big time. But we're not here for the office or for the Pac-Man or for thongs. King of the Ring 93, another old school hit. June 13th, 1993. Dayton, Ohio. The nutta sinner. Ain't nothing nuttier than a nutty buddy. But tonight, I'm talking to Derek. You're getting the Maddie Daddy. This is a real big time of change for King of the Ring for the WWF. Derek, kind of fill us in on basically this steroid era, that all the shit that's coming down and some of the superstars that aren't on this card.
1: Okay, Yeah, so we were talking about it a little bit earlier. Um, and with it being in Dayton, by the way, they kept driving home. It was in the heartland, the heartland <laughs> of UFA. Um, the
0: butthole of America.
1: <laughs> um. But yeah, so we just recently had the the steroid scandal. We'll touch a little bit on Hogan, probably. You know, when with his match with Yoko, we'll talk more about him. But yeah, we were missing guys like um, like Ultimate Warrior. However, uh, Luger's in this pay per view, and he still looked pretty jacked. He might have been still. He's like, oh, they. They outlawed steroids, not not HGH, not human Dude, growth hormone. You didn't I'm see giving.
0: the Ico Pro sign? Come on!
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did see it, actually. Oh man, <laughs> who else? Who else were we missing? Matt we had Bulldog
0: we Sid.
1: Yeah, um, Ric Flair
0: just coming over that uh, Royal Rumble '92 win. Uh, the Road Warriors,
1: Warriors. <laughs> Bushwhackers. Good morning, Dick good morning cousin matt
0: no bushwhackers but uh we did have some entertainment with doink down the road um so yeah just big transition from sid to bulldog Flair, all these larger than life characters but 93 king of the ring held up i was impressed with this card we can talk about the background with the steroids that was just that's another episode basically wwf was getting it hit hard the bodies were kind of going away and it was more your new generation push, but our first match of this eight man King of the ring tournament, the first ever King of the ring, as they say, even though this was kind of a uh, house show gimmick that they used for Don Morocco mm-hmm. um, hacksaw, Jim Duggan,
1: macho. Other, yeah. Macho, macho one, one. Ma- macho
0: King. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, so, I can't help it. Every time you talk about the macho man, um, Dude, but yeah, just this is the crowning moment. We've got Hogan as champion against Yoko. We've got Bret Hart kind of finding his way. So this is a real transitional pay-per-view for everybody that's watching wrestling at the time. And WCW's kind of doesn't have a pay-per-view this month. They haven't formed Bash at the Beach yet, so it's just an interesting time. But we get hit right off the bat. We've got Bobby Heenan. We've got macho man and we got Jim Ross. What did you think of this announced team there?
1: Um, the, the announced team themselves. I love all the guys, but the, the commentary on this pay-per-view I was not into. I, they, it felt like a lot of the comments, especially like Bobby, the brain, he kept saying just these like one-liners that weren't like they weren't landing um, and then I was like, man, these three guys are really good. So let me see. And I think macho man was actually just transitioning into commentary. So he was a little kind of office game. He hadn't settled in yet, but I read that they actually, um, cause I, I remember it being bad commentary, at least to me. So I looked into it and they actually had audio issues. Um uh, ah. they couldn't hear each other in their headsets. They were like talk over the other one or something. That's what I noticed.
0: I didn't know about the audio issue, but I noticed like Mm -hmm. macho would get ready to talk. They go cut to him. And then the other two guys kept talking. He'd like throw his hands in the air. Mm -hmm. I was
1: like, man, he's having a rough fucking night. Yeah. Apparently they couldn't hear the other commentators in their headset. So this is 93, man.
0: This is not only the king of the ring. This is the start of Monday night raw cable tv everything like that so our first match we get bret hart the excellence of execution the hitman the best there is best there was and the best there ever will be versus the bad guy that's right Derek's wearing the shirt right now as we record razor rumble (laughs) <laughs> dude, bad guy. We uh we hear the one, two, three kid chant, so we know Razor's mm-hmm. a heel at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, right off the bat, dude, Bret Hart, Razor, they just came off this, I think it was Rumble 93. They had fought. Razor had a messed up MCL or ACL, so they didn't put the match together that they wanted to. But for an opener on a pay-per-view, dude, how can you complain about a Razor-Mone-Bret Hart match?
1: You, you can't my my only complaint me being such a huge razor mark my only complaint is that you know i thought it should have been like a second or th- you know third round match of the of the king of the rings there's i don't know but yeah like you were saying um the one two three chance because he just recently lost that upset with the like the moonsault yeah. to 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 pak all, all x Pac one two three kid but then uh shortly after razor transitioned to baby face because he was just so over as the heel and everyone started liking him. So, but yeah, you can kind of see
0: when he comes out, the crowd's kind of cheering for razor. So they've already kind of transitioned. They're not transitioned, but they love him. Um, mm-hmm. We see some quick action by the bad guy, man. I didn't realize at six, seven, six, eight, almost 300 pounds. How quick his moves were the clotheslines, the punches, like he's,
1: He's got a fast fist. Yeah, people forget, like, you see his style and you see him moving around, like, for example, like a Mr. Perfect or like a Bret Hart, someone much smaller than him. We forget that Scott Hall is the same size as, as Hulk Hogan. That's wild. With, with probably a better physique for most of their career, like... Hogan Hogan just looked fifty his whole life. <laughs> when he when he was twenty years old, he looked fifty. He's like seventy now. He looks fifty. Like that's crazy, <laughs> dude. In the uh, razor man, the jet black hair.
0: He's got I believe the yellow trunks on. He's wearing green. Green. green that's what it was. It was Gri- a bright
1: color. I remember green that. with the yellow razors. Yeah, it was. That's it right.
0: Okay. And we get you know Hart coming out. This is his first match, and they they nonstop action and it ends up with a cradle, I believe an inside cradle Mm -hmm. razor goes for the uh, razor's edge and it's reversed. Brett counters a top rope suplex into a pin and one, two, three, the the Hitman's going on to the second round, just kind of an upset almost because how fast it happened.
1: Yeah. I, I uh, didn't like Brett Hart back then and I don't like him now. I, so obviously, like I said, huge Razor Ramon fan, but the just the way the match started, Brett, Brett is so afraid of looking weak in any spot. He cannot be portrayed as weak. So they do a collar elbow tie-up. Razor Ramon outweighs him by like 60 pounds, and he gives him that shove from the collar right. elbow tie-up, which most wrestlers w- would sell that and take a bump or something or at least go all the way back into the turnbuckle. Like Brett Hart just stood there. Like, come on, dude. Like you you'll tell a better story if, if this guy is overpowering you and then you come out on top. Like, but
0: Brett's just such a weird, like weird character because he is such a good wrestler. So but good you know he's so opinionated, you know he is so like he wants it done his way. So right. it's almost like a contrast of styles when he wrestles other people, he'll put on a good match no matter what. But it's like you have to. It's got to be Bret Hart looking strong, no matter he, what.
1: Yeah, he was selfish. It had to be. He he was always thinking about how is this going to make the Bret Hart character look. Not you know, oh, we've got you know bigger plans.
0: When you even see, like, Shawn Michaels and Mr. Perfect and Dolph Ziggler, how they'll make you look like a million dollars because they'll sell the moves Mm -hmm. that you do. And that's something maybe, you know, bell to bell, we say Brett's the greatest. But maybe that was one of his weak points, when the bell rang.
1: He's selfish, so yeah. (laughs) Oh, Brett Hart. Oh, Brett. Oh, Oh, Brett.
0: Brett. But uh, from this wrestling match, we get kind of – angled towards a different one we see an altercation on superstars we don't see undertaker on this show that is because the bodyguard mr hughes giant gonzalez and harvey whippleman attack undertaker and paul bear i would never seen paul bear really get hit hit or beat up it's showing them on superstars just laying into this guy um, giant Gonzalez. I don't know when we'll talk about him again. This guy's like eight feet
1: tall. Hopefully, never wearing a full gorilla costume. Is that what he had on? Yeah, he had that because they tried to, make, he wasn't ripped up, he was just like seven feet tall and they wanted to make him look ripped. So he's wearing that full bodysuit that had muscles painted on it, but then also had like shoulder hair.
0: Are we sure that's not George Marisan?
1: Like, <laughs> good name drop, daddy. Woo! George, George Marisan. <laughs>
0: I know it's not Sean Bradley. Sean Bradley was in Space Jam, What's,
1: right? Yeah. And then so uh, he's he's
0: he's leveled up. He's not getting compared on wrestling shows.
1: You've got the current guy, it's like what Bobon Bonjonovich or something. And he was in and
0: uh, what about uh the bowl guy,
1: Mimic oh, Bowl or whatever? Yeah, and uh M- <laughs> but he had bowl. the blocks, and well now his son's in the league and his name's Bull Bowl. bowl. <laughs> oh creative <laughs>
0: Uh. <laughs> dude mr hughes we get mr hughes and mr perfect that's right or we get hughes out first he's wearing this he's wearing the bodyguard getup. he's got a white button down slacks and he has suspenders on and he at first i was like is he wrestling in sunglasses they look the part but they're actually goggles, I believe. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, they had a strap going around them. Um, I also noticed Harvey Whippleman's actual glasses had a strap going around them too. Oh, so they probably, smart. They were probably just worried about, you know, about them falling off whenever they took a bump or something.
0: I will say, like, if you're shopping for glasses, lens crafters, <laughs> top line. Like, it doesn't matter where you are in the country. If you go to any Walmart and you hit up lens crafters, you're coming out a winner, baby
1: that's a free plug for you guys lens crafters enjoy it. that's
0: right i want that ass <laughs> give me that give me that money um mr perfect out next just perfect um we see him walk to the ring he's got the towel did you witness the towel that he threw behind his back and it landed on mr hugh's shoulder
1: Yes. Yeah. I was was like, this guy is just a stud. Yeah, and then they cut away from it, and I was like, man, did he do that on purpose? If he did, he he (laughs) was perfect.
0: Yeah, he, Mister
1: Perfect. He he was so good,
0: dude. In all the vignettes, remember like Mm -hmm. him bowling strikes, him every sport. Way Boggs, he, he uh, threw a, he
1: threw a football and ran and caught it himself. Like.
0: <laughs> Dude, he was the best. We, I had this uh, opportunity. We're part of Pulp Culture Pop If you want more of the Wrestling Matt podcast, but I was, they're like, hey, we're doing this wrestling, um, pretty much like a wrestling poll, like tournament of the greatest wrestler that didn't win a championship. Mm -hmm. And Roddy Piper won. And I was just kind of, I get it, but I was let down that they let that happen. Not my favorite wrestler. Perfect should have won. I think after watching this King of the Ring, he did it all. So we get this match. He's got Mr. Hughes to work with. So bodyguard, Mr. Hughes, what were your thoughts of him as a wrestler? This was probably the first time you've seen him wrestle a match what were your takeaways from this match from a Mr. Hughes perspective?
1: So I, when, when watching this back um, and we get to this match, I was like, dang, I don't remember Mr. Hughes at all from, from childhood. Um, But he was just, he was just a big man in the ring with, you know, big man stuff. And obviously perfect makes him look good, but you know, you can tell, you know, The reason he didn't last, he just didn't have that it factor, Um, and like I said, he was just—he was like a three hundred pounder. He was a big dude. I want to say they—they said he played like college football or something. So like, oh yeah, he was Uh, an uh, Mr.
0: Hughes played football at a Kansas (laughs) State.
1: You know, we Jim Ross loves to pull uh, pull out where they went to college and what they did in their previous. I used
0: to love it, and now
1: I hate it. Like I just don't. I don't know why. I it's think like, I still appreciate like,
0: it. I used to. And now I hear it so much. It's like it's like his go-to. It's like he's one-dimensional to a point because that's all I every time you, even Bobby Heenan makes a comment. He's like who didn't play
1: college football? Mhm. It's and, kind of like talking football to someone like down here when you when you move back down here and you're talking yeah. football to someone and they're like, "Oh, I only watch college." And you're right. like, "We're talking <laughs> Pro wrestling, dude. We're not
0: talking <laughs> college football. Mister Hughes went to Kansas State, but he sucks as a wrestler. So,
1: so he th- probably sucked at Kansas State too. He didn't yeah. get
0: drafted. It was just a, it was a uh, resume builder, I guess.
1: Mister
0: mm-hmm. um, Perfect gets the win through DQ because Hughes used the urn the that urn. he, mm-hmm. yeah, that he cremated the Undertaker and get it. That's a frass. So Perfect gets the win, gets hit in the head with the thing. He sells it. Um, my big takeaway was Mr. Hughes was very menacing, but he did not land a lot of his moves. He They were almost sloppy to a point right? where it looks like he wasn't ready for something or he was just green. I don't know which, but he didn't last long. I think he made a, an appearance later on, like in the 96, 97 as gold dust bodyguard, but just not a very good, you could just tell he wasn't coordinated enough to do that dance.
1: Yeah, he was also, he was like anticipating moves too much. I saw a couple of times where um, he got like hip tossed mm-hmm. and he was like already jumping and doing like a front flip to take the bump with, before perfect, like ever even touched him. But I also, I, I'll be remiss if I don't bring up, this is early nineties, Maddie. Did you notice um, some of the referees during these matches?
0: I noticed the
1: uh, Hebners. You're always uh, going to have the Hebner, and he looks exactly the same. He was another one. He's looked the same since he was 20 to 70. But <laughs> you may have missed. There was a very young Mike Chioda No. with a very sick mullet. Oh, okay. So he was in the mullet match that we'll get to later. <laughs> he was. He had a very sick mullet. Okay. He had,
0: was he the one in the Crush HBK match? he had to be he had a mullet
1: i'm not i'm not sure i think because that's he started i'm sure probably we'll get to
0: that later because (laughs) we have to judge mullets later and i'm gonna let you kind (laughs) of as a hair connoisseur touch more on that but let's keep the show going we get multiple yokozuna interviews with mr fuji fuji yokozuna kind of take take us back to what happened wrestlemania nine with the assault uh, to the eye and all this stuff with Bret Hart and Hal Hogan becomes champion. This is their chance to get that belt back, but we'll move more towards what's going on now. You get your American hero, not Hulk Hogan. Oh! Jim Duggan! Dude, Axel Jim Duggan, you uh, <laughs> Dude, <laughs> never have enough hacks on. Yes, you yes he can. comes out sporting a singlet <laughs> i believe this is
1: his uh yeah yeah
0: singlet you know he just tongue sticking out of his mouth he always looked like that,
1: a dog he always wore that singlet where it looked like the top looked like a normal wrestling singlet but the bottoms almost looked like a diaper like they were like padding. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what are you doing man
0: togan's uh, one of those interesting characters that he just, you can't take him serious. It's just between shooting people with his two by four, his tongue hanging out his mouth. Like he is our American hero. Just goofy. Yeah. But I'm not sure he's making like, if we have a spokesman for America, I don't know if you want Jim Duggan to be it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It just might be like. Duggan for president. Um, Oh God. Yeah. That's just. He was given that character, obviously, and it worked for him because he got cheap pops just by getting a USA chant. I thought it was funny too, though. I for, I forgot like how he his like mannerisms in the ring, and he went to like I think he like reversed an Irish whip, and during it he like slowed down and looked at the camera and oh like, oh man mid Irish whip I love it was it. <laughs> it's uh, he's
0: too much uh so back to Duggan dude uh him and Iron Sheik. Mm-hmm. riding down the road breaking kayfabe smoking joints doing some pills get busted could you imagine like jim duggan and iron Sheik hanging out like dr- no. riding together
1: no especially like we see iron Sheik now we know how fucking crazy he is like he's a lunatic
0: <laughs> spit on you long island ice d
1: <laughs> like so and it's just funny I but fuck you make you humble and then I I want to say I saw Duggan on, like, one of those reality shows, like The Surreal Life on VH1, you know, like 20 <laughs> years ago. And oh he was, he, like, he's a goofy bastard in real life, too, like it seemed. So it was just, it was just a weird combo. Yeah, and, and Iron Sheik's the the heel, and Duggan's obviously the baby face, and they're smoking doobs together, driving
0: down smoking the road. Boobs, tongue out the window.
1: And then get arrested
0: so everyone knows about it. Yeah, there went your... Uh... Some of your your uh, mainstream. Yeah, he was he was always around, though. Like, he made his rounds, and he was always booked. Mm-hmm. So props to Duggan on that point. Like, he stuck around, and I'm spending
1: yeah. 10 minutes talking about him. So he, ma- he made a career out of it and made a lot more money than we probably do. Yep.
0: Yeah. Um, you get Bam Bam. Bam Bam Bigelow, the beast from the east. Tattoos on the head, flames on the outfit.
1: What an intimidating dude, man. Mm -hmm. and then he had that like that chin strap beard he looked like a he looked like someone from like a biker gang you know what i mean
0: right did you also
1: see he's missing a
0: tooth oh well
1: yeah luna looks crazy too she's intimidating like i don't know how to handle her that's a power couple right there baby
0: not messing with them Nope. Um, so Bam Bam here, short match. Bam Bam wins a match with a headbutt. Gets one. I think they only go like five minutes. Thank but God. You can go. You can. Tra- <laughs> you transition from Hughes that are missing all these spots. He's a little mm-hmm. sloppy. To Bam Bam and Hacksaw and they actually are pros. You can tell they hit the spots. Yep. For five minute match, it's not the worst, but it's you know it's mid card talent.
1: Yep, and I. have I always remembered that Bam Bam could move and everything, but then it's just fun to go back and watch him. Because I haven't, I haven't been able to watch a Bam Bam match in in a long time. Um, Bam Bam Bigelow, Mel, Mel Jiggolo, and dude uh, Bigelow. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they, I mean, they were billing them at almost, they were saying like 390, so they were saying basically 400 pounds. And so let's say he was probably really like, you know, 340 or something then. But dude could move, like... And he was, sure. he was coordinated. Well, he's advanced in the King of the Ring tournament.
0: So we have Bret Hart advanced. We have Kate, uh, Bam Bam advancing. We have more to come. But we get a little break here. We get the Steiners and the Smoking Guns promo. Steiners have kind of been around town. Smoking Guns are new to the business at this point. Mm-hmm. This is 93, and we're getting to see Billy and Bart Gunn. I didn't know they had wrestled in the WWF this early. Um, and this transitions right into the narcissist, Lex Luger, and everybody's favorite Indian, Native American, Tataka. So, <laughs> Narcissus is out first, posing with the mirror. He's got the tassels on the trunk, get, hitting them with the flex. And next you hear that music. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if that doesn't get you pumped, I don't know what. <laughs> yep, we're here. <laughs> Everybody's I just feel like I'm pacing around the living room at home. So We've got Lex Luger and Tatanka. Tatanka's not alone, though. He has his tomahawk. Comes out, starts trying to chop everybody up. Luger attacks his ass, throws the mirror on top of him, um, and this match gets started. But we also witness, I don't know if everybody remembers the narcissist days, but a big part of his arsenal was his forearm. I guess he had had screwed screws put in his armpit arm armpit. and
1: some plates and stuff. So he had, he had a bunch of metal. You say in his armpit. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible slop that, that sounds over painful.
0: <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't. In recommend. his
1: forearm. Yeah. He had a bunch forearm. of metal in his forearm and he would use it to actually knock people out.
0: So they make him put an elbow pad on it. And then we get this way drawn out match of Lex Luger and Tatanka As a kid, man, I was hype on both of these. I remember being hype on Tatanka up till now. And it just, it was disappointing, man, because these these wrestlers didn't gel together. I felt like this was maybe one of the letdowns of the whole card because the match quality just wasn't good and it ends in a tie. So you don't even get a winner that advances. What were your thoughts on this match?
1: Uh, Same thing. And then it makes me realize Remember back when, you know, around this time and, and before, you know, current wrestling, I don't think they do this now, but every match had a time limit. Right. You know what I mean? So they'd be like, in a 30-minute time limit, but these were all the first-round matches were 15-minute time limits, and it went, you know, it was a 15-minute draw, and it probably went like 10 minutes too long. Right. Um, I get kind of why they did it, because so they both got disqualified from the tournament with it being a draw, and then that gave bam, bam. Uh, bye in the next round, and him just being a massive dude maybe needed that. Where someone like Bret Hart can go, you know, right. multiple and, matches at night.
0: Well, Tatanka and Lex Luger going into this were both undefeated, too. Yep, so that was a little weird. Um, Derek, no. you had mentioned your part about Tatanka that you wanted to bring up from when we were uh tag teaming over on whatever street it was. <laughs> on
1: street. Bad Street Shirley. It was you're called it? Shirley, Shirley Drive or something. Really oh, bang Shirley, bang. and who was our uh, landlord? What's her name? Oh man, I don't remember her. I she don't. Sweetest pages. You would always like make me talk to her. Genie, genie, genie. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> uh We would just like leave the rent money on the dryer, and she'd come snag it.
0: <laughs> yeah, like a drug deal.
1: Yeah, but uh, but I was telling you earlier, one of my. One of my best memories of Tatanka is you and I were working at the Hilton. Um, and so we were bellhops and we would wind up helping guests with our luggage and whatnot. And uh, I remember us being like, well, we we lived together, you know, also. So there were, you know, this was Tatanka. Bottom baby. That's right. So much room for activities. And Matt over there would get a little, a little, buzzed and start just going through ringtones all night and then he landed on Tatanka's entrance music as a ringtone and then we were in like the elevator with some some guests from the hotel and his phone just starts going off and all you hear is I didn't
0: even have enough room in the elevator to do my dance. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, daddy daddy had a short attention span before having a short attention span was cool. So, when it's cool, I'm digging it. Um, yeah, Tatankos, Tatankos. John had a few too many brewskis already. Um, Talk, what gosh dang son clayton you you got to book another stan hansen match oh,
1: you guys did not give him enough shit for stan hansen in the first right. round
0: yes yeah, so
1: let's
0: do that right now like stan hansen stone cold like you but this is your first round match man and you go you go straight for the balls and cut what, them off
1: what like, pick was he was he like 102
0: one oh two or one oh three. One oh two or one oh three.
1: Yeah, I think he was one oh two because I think Matt Kelly went one oh three with Sting and um, Undertaker. Taker. It's like all these all these guys are available, and he's like, oh, you what? know, what? strap match, Stan Hansen strap match. <laughs> <laughs> <Book it. laughs> that'll you put know, ass, that'll put asses in seats. And you
0: know how I know it wasn't good because I <laughs> I freaking thought about that all week. I was like thinking you. of Stan Hansen and Stone Cold. I was like, what is he doing? <laughs> we love you, Clayton. You know what was funny? I had just given you the rub like a month ago because you booked a wrestling event and you had killed it on all these, like, all right, who would this wrestler wrestle now? And I didn't realize your weakness was Stan Hansen. So you completely <laughs> swerve, bro.
1: Guilty but, pleasure uh, Clayton, number one, Stan Hansen. <laughs>
0: 101 and all
1: uh, leather <laughs> strap matches. I, I, I kind of see. He was trying to think outside the box and pick, them, but that that one missed the mark. That was worse than um, than CJ's 101 for the WCW mock draft. Taking the outsiders,
0: the outsiders, and you could have taken the Hardy Boys. There it is. Get it in. It's not '90s tag teams. But the Hardys are still over like Rova. But let's go back. We're back at this King of the Ring. We're about to get the perfect match. Bret Hart, Mr. Perfect. We get the interview. We're talking about their father's lineage. They're both second generation. Larry the Axe Stu Hart, just, oh, Derek, let me stretch you. <laughs> Stu, not Pat Patterson. Don't get excited. <laughs> um... We love Pat Patterson too, RIP, and Stu really, Um, but yeah. So they're fighting, and the one thing I noticed is Perfect held his own on the mic, like he was he was sharp. He was good with comebacks. Maybe that's not hard with Bret Hart,
1: but he still delivered. Yeah, kind of a mouth breather at times. Yeah, he could be a real marble mouth, like, and you could see like, and he's kind of on the mic, like you could even kind of see his demeanor. He's almost like childlike. And he's like, I'm like Mr. Perfect's like, I'm gonna win this match or or you know, whatever. And like you said, he was very confident. On no, the I'm character. gonna win it. He 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 became a commentator. I mean, he was that good on the stick. And but yeah, he said something about like winning tonight. And um and Bret Hart's like, you di- you didn't win at SummerSlam. <laughs> <laughs> like. I know I am, but what are you? And he just, like, fumbles over his words because Mean Gene's trying to build that tension because Bret Hart said he'd rather face Mr. Perfect than Mr. Hughes. And Bret Hart just, he had to have known this was coming. They set that up, but he still was not quick-witted enough to come up, you know, or... I think that's something that,
0: like kind of went unnoticed as you see so many promos are scripted and stuff. Now, if you had a wrestler like Bret Hart, that was, he is that good of a wrestler, but if he had somebody scripting those promos, what could have been even more? I mean, you see Ric Flair, you see HBK and you see Bret Hart, but he's just missing a couple little nuances that would have put him over as the best ever.
1: Yeah. He didn't get any uh, scripted promos till Lonesome Dove.
0: That's right. And uh, I would say Lonesome Dove is a second (laughs) after Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Thank you very much. (laughs) Bret Hart, perfect. They get the match. This is one of the highlights of the night. The way this match goes, we see more roll ups. That's kind of the story of this match that Bret Hart's banged up. We're not getting the sharpshooter, we're not getting what we expect. But this match is freaking amazing, dude. Hit me with your thoughts on this, because we see Brent with the break, broken finger. We see reversals. We see headlocks. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Uh,
1: amazing match. Both of these guys in the ring, they gelled so well together. They're both so crisp. They knew what they were doing in the ring. You know, it was just, it was a, to me, it was the match of the night. Um, I also thought it was interesting that, uh, you know, so... Brett started working uh, Perfect's leg and, it, and the knee specifically. But then you see Brett later on, he gets up from, like, a hold, and he's kind of, like, limping. And then oh. I also noticed later on he was, like, limping, and I looked it up. Apparently he got injured at a house oh. show, like, you know, the week before with Bob Backlund. And they, they were told they didn't have to, like, do much, but they decided, no, we're going to do a 30-minute match and, and tear the house down. So he had like a bum ankle or something, but, um, but yeah, the match itself, it, it was amazing. But like you said, so the finish was, um, what was it? It was, it was perfect. Did the roll up to the inside cradle and right. then Bret Hart reversed it. And it was just like, it was How almost, often
0: a, do you see that a reverse of a inside cradle to another one?
1: Right. And then I started thinking too, I was like, man, is Brett going to win a match with his finish or is he just going to be rolling people up and schoolboying them and inside cradles and stuff all night. But then at the same time, I started thinking, well, that's actually kind of a nice refresher from like today's WWE because no one wins like that. You know what I mean? Like you have to have, now you have to hit like five finishers all in a row in order to win a match. So it was kind of cool to see that now that I think about it.
0: Dude, and you see, like, Brett sell the fingers. And you see Mm -hmm. him go to put perfect in the sharpshooter, and sharpshooter grabs his fingers that got stomped on earlier in the night by Razor. So it's just more selling. You're you're telling a story which you don't see. Mm -hmm. Um, What about those headlocks to takedowns, dude? They were so, like, smooth and just things you don't see nowadays. And then perfect selling, man. How do you... And the way he jumps up when somebody hits him and stuff, like, mm-hmm. man,
1: it reminds you of Ziggler and or, Shawn Michaels. Exactly. Or like um, his facial expressions. Whenever right. he, he went to the top rope and got knocked down and, and racked himself on the, uh, on the turnbuckle there. So he went nuts first into the turnbuckle. And just his face selling it was just so good. Like he, he was so, so, so good.
0: When what's crazy about perfect during this time is he had just worked himself back into the ring. He had that Lloyd's London policy. He wasn't wrestling till like literally a couple months before. So you have him who has, if anybody's heard the Lloyd's of London, it's just like multimillion dollar insurance policy, but you can't wrestle. So they're paying you to basically, I guess it's kind of like a life insurance. You pay ahead of time. Yeah, And then if something does happen, you're, you're amazing. Yeah.
1: Basically, basically if you get hurt, they're going to pay you and they're going to pay you a lot. But at the same time you can't be wrestling because then that voids your claim.
0: Right. That's why it was an announcer and a manager. And I guess either expired or something happened, but this is perfect only with like a couple months of wrestling and the ring rust is still there yet. He's tearing it down. Still
1: super crisp, super crisp. So you see that.
0: Yeah, extra crispy, extra <laughs> large mother trucker. Um so we get into the match, Bretts won the match, but perfect keeping that face persona, which I thought was cool as well, cuz I'm used to seeing him as a heel. He comes in, you know, gets the ref out of there, shakes Brett's hand, you know, you can tell he's pissed off, but he does a real good job of selling it and then also showing you he's a face.
1: Yeah, and it was also funny because the interview before, uh, Perfect, was when they were with Ming-Jean, Perfect told Bret Hart, he's like, hey, maybe the best man went and reached out to ha- shake his hand. And then when Bret reached out to shake it, he pulled it away. He's like, oh, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Woo! But yeah, so that was kind of cool to see. Literally
0: watching Perfect was
1: perfect. Absolutely.
0: All right, so we've wrapped up Perfect now we get a visual of a backstage interview. All you can see is Hulk Hogan's face on Jimmy Hart's jacket. That's right, baby. Cold beer hanging with the Hulkster any night and every day. Um, we get Hogan's face which is iconic on Jimmy Hart's. Jimmy Hart's got swagger for the days. and He's got the blazer with the uh, what do they call that? Is that? It's not spray paint. Airbrushed? Airbrushed. Yeah, airbrushed Hogan's face. They're, they're showing that, and you got Hogan talking, pointing to it. And what is the first thing that comes out of his mouth, other than the heartbeat of America being Dayton, Ohio? <laughs> he mentions Pearl Harbor. No sneak attacks. Nobody waters. stop <laughs> yeah. not
1: me. But he's like, there's no water around us, so there won't be any sneak attacks. You're looking That's at you,
0: yeah just shitting on japan as a whole just we're uh, <laughs> not there yet as a country that we're like hey maybe we shouldn't make fun of race or stuff but like whoa, that. whoa whoa too soon too yeah. soon when what, what was pearl harbor like 19 like 1948 like uh, yeah we but it'd be a big
1: issue today if somebody said that you know yeah well now because I- Everyone's so dang soft. I don't know if people remember Pearl Harbor at this point, though. No, but someone would come out and be like, oh, well, you know, Matty Daddy tweeted about Pearl Harbor. That's not good taste.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Very true. Very true. Um, No sneak attacks. Hogan's doing a lot of flexing, which why not? If you got those 26-inch pythons, brother, dude. Derek's giving us a flex right now. Dude, he's been hitting the weights hard. He's been doing the O-Flex, he's been doing <laughs> Tybo, and DDP Yoga. And you can tell, ladies and gentlemen.
1: I've got my perfect gym set up in the garage, the yeah, Chuck Norris Perfect Gym, or whatever it was called.
0: Chuck Norris and Christy Brinkley, is that who <laughs> Sorry, about
1: right Sorry, that's on. all
0: I remember. <laughs> uh, Back to Hogan, though. Hogan is, this is Hogan with the title. He had just won against Yoko at the end of WrestleMania 9 this is the last time we're gonna see hogan in the wwf to when he comes back with the uh, outsiders in like oh 203 yeah so this is a big transcending moment um yokozuna the bad heel from you know japan and hulk hogan your your icon your legend of wrestling the hogan era has went on since like 84 and It's ninety three and it's coming to an end. How weird is this for probably the WWF at the time that they're having to move on from Hulk Hogan?
1: Yeah, super weird. And I, I know Brett was butthurt about not being in the picture. He wanted the passing of the torch from you know the old to the new generation. Um, but I mean, I kind of like when a when a heel gets the the strap put on them. Um, but yeah. Uh, I also wanted to talk about Hogan. They This is when they go ahead and start nailing that Hogan has slimmed up for this match so he can have more endurance, more stamina against Yokozuna, and they keep drilling that home, and that's going back to what we were talking about earlier about the steroid uh, controversy and the steroid scandal and everything. So it was actually Hogan was just off the gear, and so obviously he's not going to look as jacked as he did before. Well, that's what it takes you a while
0: to get used to the slim down version of Hogan, because he was so jacked to the gills, and then you, he almost looks sick the way he looks now. Because I don't know if this was when he had the jet ski accident and his eye was kind of messed up, but he just looks different, and it just doesn't it doesn't fit. But I also know he's going on to Thunder and Paradise. He's going to WCW. This is a big time for him. He's thinking. He can go to Hollywood and just, Mm -hmm. he doesn't have to wrestle anymore. And WWF is down at this point. 93, they're not selling tickets. I think this was a 10,000 fan arena and they sold 6,000 tickets.
1: Didn't even sell it out.
0: Yeah. So with Hogan on top, like that kind of tells you where they're at as a business, which is crazy because 1990, you know, they could have sold out the LA Coliseum if they wanted to. Mm Mm-hmm. And then three years later, it's it's a lot of shit hitting the fan here.
1: Yeah, for a pay-per-view.
0: So here's where it starts, man. Yokozuna out first, Mr. Fuji. You see all the reporters. They've been chronologically um, basically journalizing every, his every mo- move. Yeah, they were, doing,
1: they were planning on doing like a documentary or whatever. That was the storyline, a documentary right. about Yokozuna. So they had all these Japanese photographers following them around.
0: Now, as a kid, I always remember the Coliseum video they have of Yokozuna sitting down and eating, Mm -hmm. eating like 15 plates of food. And as a kid, you're just like, holy God, how does he do this? How does anybody do this? Mm I'm trying to eat as much as I can at a buffet, and I don't get as far as you think you can.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I remember seeing that too, and I was like, I thought I was smarter than the average, you know, eight-year-old wrestling fan or whatever, and uh, I was like, oh, they probably did, you know, like, multiple takes or something, you know, where it was, like, the, that was shot over, like, oh. a three-day span or something, but then you hear on, like, podcasts and stuff, Bruce Pritchard talk about, like, no, if they would go to, like, a hibachi restaurant, and, like, Yogo Zuna would shut the place down. It's like, crazy. He would just keep eating. Like, how, the,
0: how do you, if you're that big, how do you sit on a
1: toilet? How do you sit anywhere? I was thinking that too. Like, whenever he was in the ring, I was like, "There's no way he fits on a toilet." Because they always talk about how Andre, uh, Andre the Giant, yeah, that's,
0: that's exactly who I was thinking this whole time was Andre the Giant
1: and Yokozuna.
0: Like, they're both in that territory
1: because he's got to be five hundred pounds. Their lives had to be so rough, not being able to to use. Any Type of normal facility,
0: just wild man. And this is
1: 93, this isn't
0: like now where technology has changed, where we can adapt and overcome. Like, this is you're stuck with a medium sized yeah. chair, one yeah. size fits all. Yeah, um, I always go back to the something to wrestle with podcast, which a lot of this is motivations came from, but the uh, him eating turkey butts.
1: Like, I didn't even know you could eat t-
0: turkey butts.
1: Fried turkey asses dipped in mayonnaise. What the
0: freak <laughs> is going on? Like, what would – how is that something you eat? The turkey butts alone,
1: but then you dip them in mayonnaise? Like, I thought or, it was going to be like – I thought they were going to say, like, turkey necks or something, which is – And what like, is oh, the okay. turkey butt? Is it all fat? I, it's got to be not- – I'm I'm not sure. I, I guess it just gets fried up and crispy and
0: Yeah, it is and
1: pr- it's, it's probably like a little gelatinous like some fat, so whatever, but so weird. Hey, um I don't hate on him. I love food too.
0: Yeah. So we get this match. Um for two big guys, these this is a pretty good match. I'm not gonna lie. Other than a couple rest holds which are expected with two big guys like this, both these guys couldn't move. You see, I think Yokozuna starts the match in the four-point stance, and he just gets right up. And I was like, man, Yokozuna in 96 ain't doing that. Mm
1: -hmm, So, mm -hmm.
0: in 93, Yoko was in peak performance. You see leg drops. You see different moves from him. But I feel like the story of this whole match is trying to get Yoko off his feet.
1: Yeah, definitely. that,
0: That kind of tells the story, because later on, we see, this is June. In July, we have the 4th of July, you know, who can body slam Yoko Zuna? That's the challenge, and that's when Lex turns face and does all that. But this whole match is told by trying to get Yoko down off his game. And you see Hogan move around. I was talking to you, Derek. We saw a different Hogan here. What were your thoughts on Hogan from 93 standpoint?
1: Yeah, I, I was actually kind of impressed because I didn't expect we we talked about how yeah that bear hug kind of kind of slowed the match down which is to be expected with these guys like if they're given you know I don't know how long this match went but let's say they were given a twenty minute time limit um, you know they they're going to have to have some rest holds with their offense and and just their stamina but yeah it was a, I was actually impressed with Hogan hitting the ropes and with Yoko hitting the ropes because there was. There was a point where uh where Hogan hit like three big boots to finally knock down Yokozuna. Right. And and Yokozuna was hitting the ropes and attacking the ropes and I was also afraid the ropes were going to break because <laughs> I I'd, I'd never seen the ropes bend like that much. Well, and he actually broke something.
0: the ropes. I think it was a free for all with Stone Cold, like on a show, and it wasn't even planned. He was just that heavy, mm-hmm. and he went to climb him, and the rope broke. So that has happened with Yoko.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, dude, he could move, man. Both of them. Yeah, and, and then Hogan.
1: Hogan looked good, and then I also think it's funny. Hogan is the most overface, you know, at this point, you know, of any era. And um, I thought it was still funny that he did the—he went for the on the top rope and he was doing the punches and everyone's counting to ten, and then he bites the forehead. Yeah, that
0: was kind of out of place. And
1: I'm like, man, this is the world's biggest baby face, and he's biting someone in the match. Somebody else (laughs) did that earlier in the night too. I was thinking, I was like, well, that's a Hollywood Hogan move when he was in NBO Right. Those
0: those are like little. Footprints of what we'd see down the road, though, mm-hmm. dude. Yeah, Hogan could move, man. I'm so used to like hearing about the 30 back surgeries that Hogan's had, and I, I, you can kind of see it in WCW where he's not moving around. But in '93, Hogan still had plenty left in the tank.
1: I think he was like 39, around 39 years old it's during nuts. this match. So yeah, he was probably you know prime. And And then you got probably lost a few pounds and made him a little bit more agile. And then this
0: whole time you've got macho man sitting at ringside at the announcer's table, yoked out of his mind. I see the veins (laughs) popping out of his arms and shit. I was like, why is macho not? Why is it macho on the card? Yeah. Holsters (laughs) getting in. I am too. Yeah, brother. (laughs) Um, so let's go down to how this ends up. Um, Hogan hulks up after I believe the bear hug or something like that. One of my favorite moments. I think this is what makes me more of a Hogan fan than anything is when he does hulk up. Like, yeah, you see him get a chop on the shoulder and it doesn't even affect him, brother. That's right, dude. I'm hulking up. The finger waves it and he gets that comeback. Um, hits the leg drop on Yoko. Yoko kicks out at two. Only time I remember anybody kicking out of the leg drop was Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania 8, I think, 7, something like that. Uh, so this was a big deal. Like, Hogan's doing the job for for Yoko right here.
1: Not only did he kick out, he pressed Hogan to where he Hogan came completely off of him and landed right. on his feet. Like, they were showing how strong Yokozuna was. So this starts after all that happens. Then you see the
0: Mr. Fuji jumps on the turnbuckle or not the turnbuckle, the side and uh, Hogan attacks him. And then you see a photographer climb up on the ropes, go to take a picture, gets Hogan's addiction and a fireball comes out, hits Hogan in the face. Yoko finishes it with the leg drop or whatnot. One, two, three. Yoko is your champion. And Hogan's out of here. But the match isn't even ended. Like, that match is over, but you know what you get? Hogan's still driving the point across, that he's out of here. You get the bonsai drop from Yoko. You get Hogan helped to the back. This is the end of Hulkamania in 1993 for the WWF. Now, Derek, we've watched this match. We both thought it was pretty good. And we've also heard Bret Hart's, you know, his defense team saying why he should have been in the championship. We've seen him wrestle multiple times. Would it have been better than how they did this? If, if Yoko would have won King of the ring, if Brett would have faced Hogan and won, would that have made this better? Cause I'm not sure it would have.
1: No. And I think Yoko needed the rub after that, you know, that bogus finish at WrestleMania nine where he beat Brett Hart and won the title. And then Hogan came out and won the title from him in like 20 seconds. So, no, I think, I mean, I think this was the way to go. I, I like Yoko as the, I thought he should be a champ. Um, very believable. Um, when you're when you're that big and can move even a little bit, you're very believable. But I also wanted to say, um, you were talking about the, the photographer and the fireball and everything. So I remember watching this, I had to watch this over a couple of days because my peacock kept screwing up. Um, but I remember seeing that photographer come out and I was like, that's sketchy. Like, that dude's obviously got like a fake beard and stuff. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, okay. And then I kind of forgot about it during the match. And then I saw him get on the apron. And I was like, okay, that's why. But um, you know who that actually was, Maddie? Who we got? That was Harvey Whippleman.
0: Oh, Harvey. He's all. He's got his name all over this pay-per-view.
1: Yep. But, yeah. Rassing
0: up, uh Undertaker and Hulkamania. Get out of here, man.
1: Yep. And with Mr. Hughes, yeah. Um, but, no, I I mean, obviously, Hogan had to drop the title to someone because he was leaving. He apparently didn't want to drop it to Brett. So, we've got this. But, at the same time, I thought this worked. I mean... Yeah. I'm not the biggest Bret Hart fan, so I like seeing the – I was always a, a body guy, so the, the bigger the guy was, right. the more believable he was for me.
0: When I think this was a definitely a match where I got to see Bret – or not Bret Hart, but Hulk Hogan work, mm-hmm. and I think he delivered. I think he showed that he can work a match because you have Yokozuna who can move, but to a point he's stationary. So I think Hogan did a hell of a job and I wouldn't have changed it myself, but you know who we get to see next? Uh, 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 The red rooster, Terry Taylor as an announcer. (laughs) He's another one of those guys. that's always made excuses why he should have been put over more Um, for Coliseum video, which I used to dig very much. I was a big Coliseum video guy. Derek, you brushing that beard over there, girl.
1: I gotta try to keep it. It's all over the place.
0: That's right. For It's
1: uh, nothing like your beard though. The beard, the body, <laughs> the uh,
0: Case in point.
1: Um interview with
0: perfect. He's not in the mood to talk. Just driving the a lot of Mr. Perfect here showing him showing us that he is legit. Um, but then we get Mean Gene with the Hot Brake Kid. We've got a white IC belt here, which is kind of one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And then also, I would say, this is the first time we get Diesel's name. This is something Shane McMahon came up with. The Mack truck, you know, who will go for days. Big Daddy Cole. Hur, hur, Diesel, <laughs> man. What a great. Presentation of HBK with Diesel, and did you notice HBK looking into the camera like he wasn't even paying attention to the questions? He was just like messing with his hair and making yeah, faces, like, raising his eyebrows.
1: Just he was so good. It. Yeah, ninety three
0: so and Sean's like already on top of his game, and Marty Janetty's probably in the back, like not even booked for a match. Just right. This life.
1: is this is why I love Sean so much more than Brett Hart. Like Bret Hart was so boring. Sean was so over the top and, and was good at it. Like Yeah. It was dude. just fun.
0: But uh we're gonna get HBK later on with Crush. But now we get the Steiners, the smoking guns versus Money Inc. <laughs> And the head shrinkers. This is a quick match, cradled by Billy Gunn on Million Dollar Man. We get the win here. Um, my first question is, why do we have to watch this? And why couldn't this have just been the Steiners versus Money Inc. for the tag titles?
1: Yeah, I, I don't get it either. I don't. It was it was way out of place, and it was like you're saying, it's a very short match for before an eight man tag match and you have like a five-minute match, it just it just seemed out of place. And Rick I don't even, Steiner didn't even get in the match. I've got to say that. I was like, he didn't even, I don't even think he got in. And I loved Rick Steiner. He's the most entertainment on that team. The only thing I took away from this match was just remembering how athletic Scott Steiner was at this point with leapfrogs and stuff like that. And it was That's just crazy because he was still jacked. He wasn't, you know, freakzilla yet. But, yeah, but he, he was still he's huge. not the
0: same guy we remember. It's kind of like Hogan. We remember Hogan being a little yeah. more of a statue. Same with Steiner. Um, and yeah, dude, Rick Steiner is the entertainment of a lot of matches. So I would have loved to see him. The Head Shrinkers. That's part of Rikishi. Thank God he found mm-hmm. Rikishi in Two Cool, because I was like, why are we having to watch these guys? Like they offer nothing. As far as wrestling, as far as entertainment, I got more kicks off of watching Alpha outside the ring, right? Like mess with the briefcase. Mm-hmm. So just not a good one. Not not something you'll remember. If the, there's one match to skip through this pay per view, that's one of them.
1: Yep. Yeah, if you gotta grab some food or or take a dump, yeah, do it during this match. Or,
0: hey, you can do both: grab food and take a dump well, at the, the same time.
1: I don't know. It Wasn't that long, so. I don't know yeah. if I can make a fridge run and then... No, that's why you it do them at
0: the, the same time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you dog. Oh, you, oh, that's perfect. So what you do is you sit reverse. Now that's it. perfect. So bah, you, bah. you sit reverse on the toilet and then you use the tank as like a food tray, as a little TV dinner tray. Perfect, yeah.
0: So Mr. Perfect, Maddie, Daddy, a little college story while we're at it. We're, uh, we're bleeding over here, but I'm going to hit you with the upper-decker. If anybody <laughs> hasn't done it, I have. You take a dog <laughs> in the top of the toilet. Take off the top, take in a In the tank. Then you flush the toilet. The water's brown. I did that at a college party. No diggity, no doubt. Um, up next, Crush Shaka Bra versus the Heartbreak Kid. He's wearing the mesh see-through shirt. Just perfect time. Um this is another one shows off a heartbreak kid and just how good of a wrestler he was. Crush is athletic. This was one of those when we went back and watched. I was like, "All right, what is Crush? I need to watch Crush and just see what I'm missing or what I don't remember." Cuz I remember part of uh, disciples of apocalypse. Like him on the motorcycle with the eight ball and chains and all those guys. Um, but he's in neons. He's got a mullet down to his like butt crack. <laughs> And it's just a different style. Like he's not a bad wrestler, but it didn't resonate with me. What were your thoughts on Crush?
1: So when I see Crush come out, the first thing I think of was him being arrested with it was what like those like five hundred <laughs> units of steroids. Oh and yeah, he, and had like multiple like unregistered guns. Um, so you think he's a badass, basically? Yeah. But then he, like, all that stuff, and he, he got out of it with, like, five years probation. He didn't even serve any time, so good so on him. So he's them. a snitch. Yeah, a snitch, or, or he knew someone, which, whatever, over there in Hawaii. But, yeah, he he didn't have the physique, really. He was big, but didn't have the physique. But then, at one point, um, he had Shawn Michaels overhead and literally was walking while oh. I'm doing military press reps with Shawn Michaels over his head. And I was like, you know what? That'd That's a
0: tough. test and thate.
1: I get it. That, yeah. That'd be tough to do standing still with a weight belt on. And everybody, he's walking circles in the ring. Military Did you see press where
0: ring. he went to throw Shawn Michaels outside the ring and Shawn Michaels caught his neck on the top rope? Yeah. I was like, damn, dude. Like you could have been paralyzed or your neck broke. Luckily he crawled right back into the ring. But I was like, man, Mm -hmm. that was too close for comfort right there. Yep. Um, So we had a couple outside the ring spots where, you know, diesel plants crush, HBK whips crush head into the ring post three or four times. Then we'll see some outside interference here in a minute. But the one big takeaway I had was this was like mullet city, bitch. (laughs) <laughs> this was short mullets, long bullets. So we had the short mullet on the ref and diesel. And you think the ref was, what was his name?
1: It was Mike Yota,
0: Mike Yota. And then we had the HBK and crush with the long mullets. So Derek, as a hair connoisseur, are you a long mullet fan or a short mullet fan? What would you be your go-to?
1: Any mullet's a good mullet, <laughs> but if, oh. if you're going to rock it, I mean, the longer mullet sh- just shows more commitment. I remember right. seeing, it may have been um, that recent doc on, uh, on, on the WWE Network with Peacock about the uh, two dudes with attitude. Mm-hmm. And I want to say Shawn Michaels was talking about like his wife finally was like, hey, why don't you just grow the sides out like a normal person? And he was like, oh, never thought about that. <laughs> He's like, yeah, just have all your hair long. And he's like, Oh, that never crossed my mind.
0: <laughs> yeah, I uh I think I'd go the long hair mullet route too. At one point when my hair wasn't growing up top, I tried to grow out just the back. And it just <laughs> didn't take off like I thought it would. So
1: it just shows it shows more commitment if you're
0: gonna Yeah. Absolutely. Um so let's get to the fun part of this match because I don't think either one of us Crush has like some talent, but I don't know if he could get over right. on a daily basis. So it was kind of weird. But you know, you can see HP a stealer at the beginning of the match. He's just that good. We get doink, dude. We get a meme yep. and doink coming out. Yeah, Someone double doink.
1: And, and walking in unison, like one behind the other, where you can't even see if, if there's another one almost. It was funny. Dude,
0: just And that, that causes Shawn Michaels to hit Crush with a super kick to the back of the dome.
1: Yeah, He gets Crush, the win
0: here. Uh, Crush had a
1: beef with Doink. So Doink came out just to distract Crush. And then, right, uh, so and is then is Shawn just, Michaels hits him in the back of the head with a super kick.
0: Never seen that done before. So that was interesting. Um, so HBK is your IC champ. Yoko's is your uh, heavyweight champ. And IRS and million dollar man or your tag champs and they didn't even wrestle their belts so now we're here to the main event bam bam Bigelow versus Brett the hitman heart bam bam gets that interview right before he goes out what I wrote in my notes intense yelling love it like he sold me like I was scared of bam bam Bigelow he mm-hmm. was that big of a beast from the Middle
1: East. Middle. not not the not the middle he's from the oh. east i also since you say that i thought it was funny with his the match earlier will we'll just go back real quick his match with duggan yeah and duggan does the usa chants and the crowd's into it and i wanted to be like well bam bam bigelow's from usa too he's from jersey i mean a lot of people may, may not want Jersey to be a part of the united states but he's from jersey like he's A USA chant goes for him too. Duggan would have gotten booed (laughs) if he did not have
0: that gimmick. He got so lucky. Yeah,
1: yep. So true,
0: dude. So we're here, King of the Ring final. Bam Bam Bigelow versus Bret Hart. Bret Hart's been through two matches with perfect with Razor. Like these, if you're going to Bret Hart's career and you get to fight Razor Ramon. Mr. Perfect and Bam Bam Bigelow all in the same night. That's pretty fucking legit.
1: Right. Three Bret Hart matches on one pay-per-view.
0: And we always talk about how good of a wrestler he is, bell to bell. So this kind of shows it. Him and Bam Bam had instant chemistry. Like, other than wrestling like a 400-pound dude, so you do have a few rest spots, they both delivered, man. Like... You see the vicious punches and kicks from Bam Bam. Like, you can hear him hitting the mat, like slapping it with his foot or whatever they do to make that sound, but it is vicious looking, man. He throws heart over the top rope. Like, Brett's already been through, you know, what he's been through, and Bam Bam's just picking him up, throwing him, running his ass in the turnbuckles, all sorts of vicious moves. And then the falling headbutt. Like, you don't see anybody do headbutts. And he sits there and does like headbutts when he's mm-hmm. on the ground still, does it from the top rope. He starts headbutting him just while he's standing. Like, this is a good way of using a move that not everybody does and just shows how vicious Bam Bam is. Then you see those lower back kidney punches. I don't see those at all. That's something you've seen Brett do, but Bam Bam's laying them in. He's just beating the fuck out of Brett Hart.
1: Yeah. Um, and then so, some things that caught my eye. So we, we did, I'm pretty sure it was this match. Yeah, we did get a little bit of like outside the ring work. And so this is 1993. They don't have the same setup around the ring with the barricades as far as like the padded walls. They just had like those still barricades that you would see at like a concert or something that are just linked together. And Bret Hart Irish whips Bam Bam Bigelow into one of those barricades and he cool. goes the barricade goes flying into yeah. the front row of the audience. And I was like, oh, there's no security God. there either. Dude, I, I was thinking too. I was like, that's another thing that if that happened today, then there'd be so many lawsuits. But I bet back then people were just like, Oh God, it's so cool. Cause I mean, we saw k and everything. So, but yeah, it's it, so different,
0: dude. Like 93, like no security guards, mm-hmm. just no scripted promos. This is just like a raw, like original, this is like a rough draft of a show almost.
1: I love it though. I love the. I love going back. I love anything '90s, especially. And you see like early '90s, just They're the just way getting that, to do their thing. And the way that I mean, you see like the styles of the crowd and everything. There's some guy that keeps showing in the crowd that looks like uh, looks like a, a fatter version of Stevie Janowski from Eastbound and <laughs> Down. And it's just just cracking me up. I love, I love the 90s.
0: I kept noticing the guy dressed as Hulk Hogan like
1: the whole yeah. night. Yep, sitting over to the left. He did yeah. his job because even
0: – that's why we <laughs> dress up as wrestlers to go to a wrestling event.
1: Yeah, for the you
0: <laughs> We had a good time, man. Uh, <sighs> we'll have to review that Raw one day, me and you, and then we'll have to talk about our experience just all around.
1: Yeah, that'll be fun. That was the, the raw was it in, it was in Biloxi, Biloxi right? Yeah, yeah. And Quite Sarah an well.
0: interesting uh a fun night for sure. Yeah. We'll have to we'll have to we touch had, base on that. We had what six
1: of us maybe? And we I had, think so,
0: something like that. RJ's been hitting me up
1: asking to do the current product. So we'll see. <laughs> Still watching. So we had like six of us in low I was Razor, you were ultimate warrior, we had Roddy Piper, Hulk Hogan, and Sergeant Slaughter. And Dude, the
0: Sergeant Slaughter was probably the most underrated costume out of
1: all of them and just character in general. He played super the good. role. Oh, and we also had a, a a bogus Stone Cold. So that was our sixth. Not giving Stone Cold any props <laughs> as far as that goes. Uh,
0: so let's get back to this match. So you see the outside, you know, just whipping each other's ass. And then who comes out? Luna Vashon, Bam Bam's main squeeze. Just looking crazy. Got the mohawk, got tats on her sides of her head. I wouldn't mess with this girl. She's a bad beach. Um, Hits Brett with the steel chair, rolls him into the ring. Bam Bam hits him with the flying headbutt. One, two, three. I think we have a new King of the Ring champion, or do we? Mm-hmm. ref earl hebner comes out pleads his case he's like hey outside interference let's restart this match so at first i think howard finkel says this is a a different winner bret hart wins and then they're like no you messed up dude it's a uh, restart the
1: match yeah uh, bam bam bigelow like won with the pin or whatever and then they came out and earl hebner was arguing with the The other referee was like, no, we've got to restart the match because there's outside interference. But I don't know if you caught this or not. How soft was that chair shot from Luna to Brett? It was almost like she came out. She does a good job. She plays her part well, and she, like, comes out. She looks all crazy running out to the ring. But then it almost looks like she literally – just goes to place the chair on Brett's back and then pulls it off.
0: Now, <laughs> if this was like, Derek or Maddie doing? hitting him with the chair, we would have fucking hit a grand slam on. You Brett
1: gotta Brett. sell it and just hit it flat. That way, it takes some of the sting out of it. I know but... what that was about. Like, why she didn't just go ham? I'm sure she was afraid of hurting a, a top superstar or something. You yeah. know, and. Yeah, I think... And Brett could be a pain in the ass in the locker room, so...
0: She'd never hear the end of it. No, he,
1: he would have gone and, and reamed her, like, afterwards if, if she would have hit him hard, so... Right. You don't want to deal
0: with Bret Hart crying. <laughs> um, so the match restarts, Bam Bam controls. And this is where you see the match kind of end. You see Bret Hart hit a back suplex after wrestling three matches for probably over an hour... Makes his comeback, hits a backbreaker, elbow off the top, bulldog off the top, sharpshooter try, no, Bam Bam goes for the power slam. Then you see uh, this is what was interesting, something I don't think I've ever seen. I believe Bret Hart was on top of Bam Bam's shoulders, and they get a victory roll, which I, I don't think I've ever seen actually happen in a match from the top rope to somebody's shoulders to a victory roll, you have your first king of the ring, Brett the Hitman Hart. What a match, I think it went like 18 minutes, and this is three matches in a row, Brett didn't get the sharpshooter for a tap out here. He literally okay. skewed by.
1: I, I wrote down another roll button for, for Bret, like I was saying earlier it worked yeah and at the same time it's kind of refreshing to go back and watch that because he didn't have to you know he didn't have to hit six finishers on someone to put them down um also you saw this even like brett's entrance in this match this is when you really see him limping coming out to the ring and that's where kind of that did look into the injury because i was wondering if he was just selling from the previous match but no, apparently, you know, he had a bum ankle, so. And then you go out and wrestle. And wrestle three matches. And three matches that night, like.
0: Crazy. And then you, so he's going, they kind of, you can tell they're quick on time. So they started running his ass <laughs> up to the uh, stage where Mean Gene's waiting. The coronation of the new King of the Ring, the first ever, 1993. They put the robe on him. They put the crown, hand him the scepter. And we think all is good and well in the WWF. And then what happens? Jerry, the King Lawler. That's right. A lot of you guys remember him from puppies or from being the mayor of Memphis running for it. And, you know, mid South wrestling. But this is his, like, coming out party for the WWF.
1: Yeah, he was new to WWF at this point.
0: Yeah, this is a big deal, especially in 93. Like, Jim or Jerry Lawler is bigger than any superstar probably in wrestling other than Hulk Hogan, which Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't realize. That's how over Mid-South wrestling was. So you see Jerry Lawler come out. He says, you know, Brett, you're not the king, but I'll let you be a prince if you kiss my feet. And of course, Brett calls, you know, the king a coward for not entering the tournament and then starts on the old Burger King
1: chant. Another childish, like, yeah. I was like, come on, Brett, you've got to have something better than that. I almost feel like Brett couldn't come up with anything and the king fed him that line. He was like, just call me the Burger King and give him the chant. Brett, Brett couldn't come up with anything.
0: But I will say, for whatever Luna Vashon didn't do with that chair, Jerry lays into that ass. <laughs> <laughs> like he <laughs> starts fucking hitting Bret Hart with kidney with. shots with a
1: scepter. He hits him with everything on that stage. He picks up the like the, the chair, the, the chair, stool, the yeah. throne, and hits him with it. He picks up the stool and slams it on. Um I didn't see what like what the actual injuries were, but apparently he did actually injure bret hart during that Dude, which... he wasn't he wasn't playing around like no. he... <laughs> At, after seeing that i was like god that would hurt like he picks up that chair and it's not like a normal chair it's like a very high back chair to make it look like it's a, a throne, throne. Yeah. and he picks it up and throws it flat on him, and then he grabs that wooden stool and throws it right on him and i was like man that's <laughs> that's gotta hurt and apparently he actually injured him but that could also that could also be Brett whining. Who knows?
0: Hey, dude, it looked like Jerry, Kling. Jerry <laughs> King. Jerry King opened a can of whoop-ass on uh, Bret Hart. Did you call him Jerry Queen? Jerry Queen, baby. That's Dairy, right. Dairy Queen, got it. Dairy Queen. Burger. <laughs> Dairy Queen, Burger King. Rapid fire. Which one's better?
1: <sighs> Burger King.
0: So I'm going to disagree because Dairy Queen has the chicken tenders with the white gravy and that in the Texas
1: toast. That's a game changer. Their Burger King's burgers are way better, so that's my selling
0: uh, point. Well, okay. I can go with that, too. I do like Burger King's burgers better than McDonald's, but we're not here for burgers, <laughs> brother. We're talking wrestling. We just saw Hulk Hogan, dude do the business for Yoko. We've seen Bret Hart go the distance. We have a new king in Jerry the King Lawler. Doink, HBK. We saw some good wrestling. All right, so Derek, it's time to lay the boots to it. Match of the night, what you got?
1: Boots to ask this match of the night has to be Bret Hart, Mr. Perfect. There's just Agreed. so... It was a flawless match. They were so crisp, so clean in the ring. Um, They just both great ring presence and knew what they were doing in the ring. It was great.
0: All right. Second question. You have reviewed a lot of wrestling lately. We got to witness perfect Bret Hart, Bret Hart Razor, Bam Bam Bigelow Bret Hart. We got to witness Hogan Yoko. We got to see some doinks. We got to see a little bit of HBK and see how much he is on his game. What is your review? What is your rating, one through 10, 10 being highest of this pay-per-view?
1: So I actually really enjoyed it, really enjoyed the time frame. I would give it a nine. Um, we also had, I don't know if you recall, but this was like 93, I think, was the first year of the UFC. And they actually, they actually had the same style. It was like, you know, obviously UFC was – you know, real fighting, but they had it set up the same way. It was a single elimination tournament, and if you won, you had to fight again later in the night, and it kind of made me think of that, too, and back then, we still had kayfabe, so it was very believable, and I liked the idea of the King of the Ring tournament, so all total package, I give it a nine.
0: So we got a nine. We got Bret Hart perfect. I'll echo that. I will say I really did enjoy Yoko Hogan and Bam Bam Bret Hart for different reasons so yeah nine I'm right there with you there could have been if you were going to go back and watch this don't watch the eight man tag match right I skip the Mr. Hughes match uh, you could watch the Sean crush match just don't give it too much a time of day
1: I would watch that just to see Sean then doink yeah true
0: all right Guys, we've had another good one. King of the Ring 93. Next week, you get King of the Ring 98. You get Mick Foley throwing his ass off a steel cage. <laughs> We're going to have fun. We're going to do it again. Derek, where can they find you if they want you?
1: Oh, best place to find me still. Cervantes
0: is at- <laughs> Street, Pensacola, Florida.
1: <laughs> best place to find me still at the strip club. Um, you yeah. know sunday through monday but uh, um (laughs) social media the i'm still the the best place to hit me up is on instagram at the wrestling mat podcast um posting on there daily uh love the comments love the interactions so just let us know what you think
0: Derek killed it on our uh triple h fanny pack friday yeah triple h with a fanny pack and a beeper and social media went viral for that picture. So Derek is on point and in the zone. I am the Maddie Daddy 2652. I'm on Twitter at Wrestling Matt One. Leave us a review, a rating, subscribe. Hey, follow us. We're here for you guys. We want to get better and we're enjoying the hell out of this. Thank you for being on our team and taking that hot tag. It has been my pleasure, my treasure.